Hey y'all, it's me again, Allie Watch, welcoming you back to Girls on the Internet. Thanks for coming. It's always a pleasure to have you here, listening to my amazing guests featuring me, but mostly my amazing guests. Um, today I have um, someone I love. She's so cool. She's a DJ. She's a visual artist. She's a performance artist. She's a local crazy person. Um, her name's Kiana, and so without much further ado of me just talking and talking and talking, I'm going to let you guys go ahead and uh, get started. All right, it's working? We're working. Cool. We're here. I'm here. You're here. Who are We're both you? Here. We're hey. both here. We're hanging out. What's up? Um, so I'm very ex-girlfriend. Um, but my government name <laughs> is Kiana, so that's what people in the real world call me. I have you in my phone as uh, Kiana Randy. Oh yeah, the Randy days. The Randy days. The old, the olden days where I you used were to Randy. Love having multiple aliases. Aliases. Yeah. That have multiple. You know, Randy was like a trucker hat flannel kind of guy. I loved Randy. I was a huge fan of Randy. Randy likes, you know, old style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes I want to bring Randy back, but it's not time yet. It's not time. I think once it gets warm, Randy can come. Randy will be back. Maybe Randy will come visit Maybe. from Montana, where Randy lives. <laughs> Is that where Randy lives? <laughs> I just decided that. <laughs> Good. Cool. I'm happy for him. He sounds happy. Um, what's up? Ah, uh, shit. You How's know. your day today? It was pretty cool. Um... You know, going to barber school is an interesting thing. Uh, Something I didn't think about much before I started going was people don't really touch each other. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Like, there's so much... um, Well, there's something so intimate about giving a haircut, I feel like. Yeah. Or getting your haircut. Like, there's... I'm all up in your head. I'm I'm moving your ear. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, you know, grabbing your skin and stretching it and, like pushing on you with some clippers like there's something wow it sounds so much more violent when you describe it (laughs) (laughs) it really it looks like crazy when you do it because you're literally like pushing hard and like I don't know sometimes you feel like you're digging into their scalp and my instructors sometimes will be like hey you know like you're light-handed you can push it's not a big deal and I'm just like oh I would be so scared. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a little terrifying sometimes. But I think the most terrifying part is, like, people that think they want their hair really short. And you're like, are you sure yeah. that that's what you want? Because if I do this... That's <laughs> it. The, we're, that's it. That's all we're doing. Damn. What made you decide to go to barber school? Um, so I actually grew up kind of in a salon environment. Like, okay. my mom's friend owned a local salon. My whole family would get their hair done there. And, like everybody you know anytime anyone was going to that salon I would be I want to go I want to go with like you just like loved being there yeah I just like being there and then she would also my mom's friend would like give my sister and I the mannequins Uh like the heads so I would be like cutting the mannequin head or whatever and then in my high school uh they had like a cosmetology program and I wanted to be in oh, it. cool. And my mom was like, no, you. I want you to be a lawyer. Like, you're <laughs> going to take AP government. And I'm like, okay. And it's like I, you know, went to school for art. So government, you know, while the knowledge was nice, didn't really Just serve me. Like, yeah. But my whole plan was to do hair through college, but that didn't really happen. So then when I quit my corporate job a few years ago, 
I was like, well, you know, and a lot of my artwork in college was around hair and like what hair means to black people, especially when I went natural and quit relaxing my hair. It was like crazy. Um, I kept like a journal about like the different ways people treated me now that I had an afro Mm -hmm. Um, and like the different fucked up shit that would happen now that I had an afro and like now that. Because uh, I'm very white passing when my hair is straight. Mm-hmm. So, like, actually... I've seen pictures of you with your hair straight, and you look like just... I'm, it's a white girl. Jarring. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's literally just changes your whole face. And, like, so finally, um, I guess not passing was, like, crazy to me. Like, I didn't have sex for, like, a year. No one was checking for me. Like, it was wild but so all my work in college like revolved around that and then I got a corporate job after college and absolutely hated it Mm -hmm. quit that I I, I think that's around the time we met was when you were about to quit your job yeah and so then I quit and I was like well let me see you've always been interested in hair you wanted to do this back in the day and I had a friend at the time that was working the desk at a salon and she was like yo we need somebody to work in the barber shop Mm mm-hmm do you want to apply? And so I applied and I got the job and cause I thought, you know, people go into the hair industry and the beauty industry thinking like, Oh, like I'm going to do sick haircuts and dope graphics on people all day. And it's like, that's not it's, what goes on at all. It's not right. glamorous. It's not, it's like people want, people have jobs. People work corporate jobs. People can't be walking around with graphics and a million different colors in their hair. Right. Like you're mostly doing like very standard things right and um so you know after being at the shop for a little while um and weighing the options of like because there's a difference between a cosmetology license and a barber license okay um cosmetologists cannot use a straight razor it is like illegal like they're not supposed to use one only barbers can use a straight razor i guess that makes sense and like i do want to do graphics on people and you do graphics with a straight razor so that's why i was like that's why you chose that path yeah cool cool how long of a process is it? It is about a year. Okay. And it's like working where I work, um, they pretty much want me to work there. I mean, you should always... So you have like a built-in... Yeah. That's and it's awesome. like all my friends that at work obviously do hair. So like I'll be at the barber shop on the weekends and one of the barbers will be like, hey, come over here. I'm going to show you something real quick. And That's what's up. So I feel like I'm in a good little place. Yeah, that is. That's a cool, cool group to get into. And it's really cool that you're doing something that you like. Um, that's dope. And you get to meet so many cool people. Everybody meets haircuts. Yeah, that's like, you know, my job, I work as a stylist and I, you know, one of my favorite things is that I meet different kinds of people like every day. Yeah. And like no day is the same because some people are crazy. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, no day is the same and that's really cool. Um, and it's cool to, like, be a facilitator to how people express themselves, which I, I feel like is probably pretty similar with you. Yeah, it's um, neat. It's, like, you know, you kind of help, you you want to make them a part of it, obviously. You know, right. like, they're picking a dress. You want to say, like, okay, maybe that shape might not be the best, mm-hmm. but, you know, here's something similar that may flatter you better. And it's the same with hair. Like, people you know, bring in, I am guilty of this when I used to straighten my hair all the time. I would like go to the salon and bring in a picture of like Ashley Simpson and they'd be like, your hair is Uh. not going to look like that when we straighten it. That's never going to happen. So you're just kind of. Ashley Simpson. That's like a very specific idea. Yeah. Did you picture it? That razor cut bangs. That was quite a time. 
Was that your Was that your vibe? Yeah, I was like, I went through my little emo kid. Okay. Like punk rocker shag phase, I guess. I didn't have one of those, but I kind of wish I did. I had like, um, like crunchy curls. Um, with the moose. With the moose, yeah, just an insane amount of moose. I remember one time in high school, we had um, a path that would go from, we had two buildings in our high school. We had a path that we'd have to walk to get to class. And one day I was out of moose, but I my hair had to be crunchy. Like I couldn't go to school without crunchy hair. So I used shampoo um, and then it started raining on the path. No. So I like got to class and my hair was like super sudsy. So uh, I just left and went to Jamba Juice. I was like, I'm not dealing with this today. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I had the, the crunchy curls, um, like the juicy sweatsuits. Right. Um, I actually, so I wore, um, I, I had gauged ears. Same. I wore um, hoop <laughs> earrings through my gauges. Classic. It was Classic like, alley. It was like, it is. It was like <laughs> yeah. It was a very rock of love look. It was a perfect like marriage of um, what a dumbass I am. <laughs> so... Yeah, I didn't have one of those like emo. Fake. Were you like a Were you like a MySpace girl? I was on MySpace, but I wasn't. I was like a black kid. So if you're black and you were on MySpace in like that sector of MySpace, mm-hmm. it was not gonna pop off. You needed to be like <laughs> porcelain pale and mm-hmm. like whatever. So I mean, I had a MySpace, but I was definitely. Wearing those awful cheetah print clip-in extensions Hell from yeah. Hot Topic. And then, you know, my hair was, like, really short right here. And I would, like, tease the hell of it, like, yeah. at the top of my head. And then I would wear, like, awful cheetah print jeans. Mm-hmm. And they actually weren't awful. They were cute. I remember uh, cheetah print jeans. That's a, That was a look. Yeah. That I had, like, a, a pink pair. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you did. I'm sure yeah. you did. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was out here. I was also, like, I had, like, hella, Hello Kitty shit. Like, Oh, me too. I when, still do. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I first got to high school and none of the senior people, like, knew who I was, they would, like, they would be like, oh, there's Kitty, because I would always have my Hello <laughs> Kitty so shit cute, on. cute, actually. But they were just, they were just old senior dudes trying to linger, like, who is this? Yeah, I guess that's shit. gross, actually, yeah, that when was, you think about it. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Uh, I just meant it's cute to be known by loving Hello Kitty because, like, I love Hello Kitty. I just think she's so cute. Yeah, I thought I had a good time with it. Yeah. I had, like, a teal Hello Kitty, like, zip-up hoodie that I would wear with. Did um, it have thumb holes? Yes. I know. I mean, I didn't have one, but I believe you. I, I'm picturing you in your, with your, like, hair and your But at the same time, I would still wear baby fats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Me so, like, it was... bubble jacket. Yeah, so I it was, like, was I was, like, emo, but still, like... I watch Nelly videos. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. I mean, that's still true of you to this day. Right. <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, so did you... What, I know, like, right now, your internet presence, you're, you're, you're online, but you're a little more pulled back. You're a little more... You don't offer a lot of stuff about your personal life, I feel. Yeah, I feel like um, I just reserve that sort of information for those that are close to me. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, however you or whomever uses their social media is their prerogative. But to me, I don't want 
people to be in your fucking business, be in my fucking business. Like (laughs) I've seen people tweet like, Oh my God, I had a really bad day today. And like tweet the whole thing or like people that put really long Instagram captions on shit. Like, and it's like, why do you want, like, I don't want the world to see me at my weak points. Mm -hmm. I would rather, you know, just, you know, that's, that's what your friends are for. Like, or I write in a journal, Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like people have kind of replaced a journal with, like, spouting it to, yeah, you know, the world. I think that's very much a, like, you know, growing up I had, like, a Zanga, and I would just be, like, I, but my friends could read it, mm-hmm. and it just kind of was, like, very natural to me to overshare online, and now um, there are certain things that I wish I had never shared, and, and now it's, like, a little bit more reeled in just because... Yeah, people don't need to know my fucking business. Yeah, like I remember um, like when my grandpa passed away, I didn't post about it because I don't want to post about it and have people I haven't talked to in 10 years to hit me up like on some fake ass shit like, oh my God, let me know if you need anything. Bitch, if I needed anything, I wouldn't um, call you. Right. Like, and, right. <laughs> like, why are you even offering? You wouldn't do anything for me anyway. Right, I so even, if you saw me like on the train, you probably like wouldn't even. You wouldn't even say, hey, yeah. so like why, you know, and yeah. I think it, there's so much like performative fakeness online, mm-hmm. like people like, you know, oh my God, let me know if you need anything. And it's, I don't even know you like that. Or, or But then if you do ask for something, like it's not, they don't come through. So it's like, whatever, man. Right. And yeah. it's like, people just do things to like, look nice on the <laughs> internet. Like, oh, if I comment on this girl's status and she said she's sad and I give her a compliment, people are going to, it seems just very self-serving. I do think that, I mean, I think that that does exist, but I also think that, you know, I, I will reach out. If I see someone's like, oh, this is happening. That's something I do. I DM. Like, Like, I don't think that the world even, because I don't want to look like I'm one of those people. So, like, if I see someone on Twitter on my timeline or Instagram on my timeline that I interact with frequently or regularly enough, Mm -hmm. and I see that they're, like, on a tweet storm or posting some shit that's really mad fucked up and kind of concerning, I just send a DM. I don't need to be... Yeah. I don't need, like, people to see, you know... At the end of the day, I feel like my relationships with people, you and I know what's what. Right. The rest of the world doesn't need to know I respect that. I respect that. I am definitely more of a... I mean, I am definitely, like, a spill my guts in public type, and, like, it works for me. (laughs) I definitely... I'm an open book, like, with people in person, but I also feel like there's something about my personality that makes so much more sense in person Mm -hmm. than online like I'm not gonna follow you on the internet if all you post is like pictures of your Nikes like I that I don't even wear sneakers I don't care I (laughs) love the internet I love social media I love what it's done for my life I love I love social media um but I definitely get I get it. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely... I have, like, a very love-hate relationship with it as an artist and, like, someone that DJs and, like, you know, that sort of stuff and, like, connecting with similar people. Mm -hmm. I think it's great, but I think it can also be very detrimental and, like, people can just build up ammo on you. I'm very paranoid, I think. (laughs) Only the paranoid survive. Um, There is something, though, because, like you were saying, you know, with your art and with your DJing, you don't really have the option to not be online yeah exactly like Um, 
yeah, it's just not a... I want my party to be fun, and I want people to you show people up. To go to it. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. You do a couple parties in Chicago. Um, I've kind of pulled back a little bit just because I'm in school right now. Right. Like, doing five days of school and then, you know, two long days at work and mm-hmm. then, like, occasionally also working after school. So, um, I was doing internet friends with uh, my friends Tom and Daylin at the Burlington for it's a, a while. a great party. I was there last month. Yeah, it's fun. Or wait, did we do it? No, we haven't done no, it in a little while. It was a while. different party, but it was at Burlington. Yeah, it was the Burley. Yes, yeah. that was a fun party. I was, I wanted to go to that, but I but had the get had, down. You had the get down, which I also love and is such a fun party. Yeah, it's like my, it's the party I've always wanted That's to your baby, right? Yeah, That's like your... that is the party. When I was, when I started DJing, I was doing, how I started DJing is actually like a really stupid story. All right, hit me. Um, so I had this friend back in the day that she would do this thing where she would just get drunk and like tell little white lies Mm -hmm. and it was always like funny how it played out. And so her and I, like she had this blog and she wanted to write up a band that was playing and she was like begging me and my other friend to go. She was like, oh my God, please come on. Like, we'll go to this before we go to the party. Like, I want to write this band up for my blog. And we're like, yeah, you know, fuck it, we'll go. Right. So we get in there, band's playing, the and uh, me and my one friend go to the bathroom, and my friend that's writing for her blog stays, you know, out. And we come back from the bathroom, and she's, like, not tanked, but pretty drunk <laughs> by this point. Yeah. And we see her talking to the drummer of the band, and we immediately think, oh, shit, like, what is she saying? Is she saying stuff about her blog? Or, like, she's kind of drunk, like, right. we don't want her Who to knows? say anything, like weird that would reflect poorly on Mm. you know what she's trying to do as we walk up to the two of them she says actually yeah we're all in a band (laughs) so me and my homie look at each other we're like we're like no No. we're not in a band (laughs) we literally looked at each other like "Uh, okay i guess we're in a band now okay so um this guy's the drummer so Uh we look at each other and immediately think neither of us is the drummer right so, and, like, the girl, she plays bass. Like, she's not, like, an expert, but she can, like, she can, yeah, you know, she whatever. So she's like, I play bass. And my other homie's like, I play the guitar. And I'm like, I sing. And he was like, oh, where's your drummer? And we were like, she's not here. <laughs> and he was like, well, that's mad cool. Like, an old girl band. Like, that's so sick. And we're like, yeah, so sick. <laughs> like, great. And he's like, well, let me follow y'all on Instagram. So he follows all of us on Instagram. And, like, two weeks later, and this is right in the throes of when I was quitting my corporate job, two weeks later, he messages me on Instagram, and he was like, hey, I noticed your Instagram is, like, super curated. Like, it's very artsy. It's very deliberate choices of, like, which picture goes where. Mm -hmm. Have you ever DJed? What? And I was like... I was like, what does that have to do? And he was like, like curating a playlist, curating a, right. a vibe. Like, have you ever DJed? And at the time I was like, also weirdly like in studios, like I had hung out with King Louie at one point and hung out with Katie Got Bands and at one point and like just been in and out of studios and a friend of mine like owned a studio. So I was making beats at the time, but they were nothing amazing. Like I'll be the first one to say they were amazing. <laughs> they were just, you know, but kind of jazz inspired yeah. beats, you know, something that you would maybe hear Nas rap on or something like kind of, you know, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of vibe. And I was like, I'm making beats, but they're nowhere near, you know, amazing. And he was like, well, 
I have a DJ set. I do a soul night on vinyl at East Room. I have one in two weeks. Do you want to do it with me? And I was like, I don't even know how to do that. He's like, oh, it's fine. We'll get there early and I'll just teach you how to crossfade and, and place a needle and the effects and we'll just get there a little early and fuck around and cool. we'll do it. And I was like, okay. So I literally learned how to very basically DJ in like 45 minutes, minutes before <laughs> before your first set. Before my first set. Wow. And then we got we had our soul night residency at East Room for a while and then they got a different soul night. So then we changed our night to Wavy Wednesday and started playing oh, a more yeah. eclectic mix of things. Um, and then we eventually left East Room and on like some weird terms um, and that and then, like, him and I had a little bit of creative differences, so we just kind of split up for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Still hung out, but just weren't trying to collaborate on anything. And then um, when the show, The Get Down, came out, I was like, oh, my fucking God. This is, like, <laughs> this, is it. this is everything. This is, like, because I, a problem we had had with our DJ sets was that we're both very, we're interested in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And obviously a soul night gets very restrictive, Right. And, like, also gets very annoying if you're two black people doing a soul night in Logan Square and white people come up to you and try to tell you about your own culture, which is super fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And probably super common. Yeah. And then also my favorite thing about being a female DJ that works with a dude is when people, like, want to request stuff, they just think I'm sitting there looking pretty and I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. So they're always, can you tell him to play blah, blah, blah? Oh, my God. And I'm just like... I've seen that happen to my to my women DJ friends before. I was at a party and this, she, I think like three men played ahead of her and nobody went up to them at all. And as soon as she got up, the other man walked over, starts asking her questions about what she's doing, if she knows what she's doing, trying to explain it to her, trying to like pick something. She was like, exactly. She was like, fall back. And I, I mean, I know, I, I know it's a problem, but to like watch, it, I was like, oh my god! You were like, this shit is disgusting. It's exhaust. I can't even imagine how exhausting it is. Yeah, and so then you know, I contacted him. I'm like, have you seen this show? This show they have disco. They're playing soul music. They're doing the break beats. Like this show is gonna be able if we go with the inspiration from this show and kind of say like we're inspired by the soundtrack, we'll be able to play a, a large bit of the things we like to play. Right. And so our get down night, it's like seventies, but we go into the early eighties, obviously mm-hmm. grandmaster flash and them didn't come out with their first album, I think until 82. Okay. So the, with the furthest we go up with songs is like 84. Um, sometimes my co DJ will like throw in like a nineties track that has a 70s sample in it. Okay. Um, which drives me nuts because then <laughs> as the woman, I have to deal with the backlash of people coming up to me like, why is he playing a 90s song? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, don't fucking worry about it. What a just like jerk move. Like just hang out, man. Right. Just, like, like chill. The last get like down it, I had a bunch of white people came in dressed like they were going to a 50s sock hop. That's, yeah, I texted you. I was like, I think I'm going to come by the Whistler. And you're like, there are... I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> These white people came in, looked like they were going to a 50s fucking sock hop, and we're playing like, uh, we played The Message by Grandmaster Flash, and then he got into a little bit of like, Mike, like early 80s Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and this girl comes up and she's like, excuse me, I heard that you're the one to talk about concerning the music. Oh. I was like, oh. That's a good way to start. I'm like, cute. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. She's like, 
well, my friend came last time and she said this was a 60s, 70s night. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, just dead ass at her. No, it's not. And she was like, well, my friend said last time that more soul music was played. I'm like, yes, it depends on the crowd and the mood of the night. Like, I'm not just doing a cookie cutter DJ set here. Like, I try to play off what people are doing. If it seems like people want to stand around and, and chat and not really dance that much, you know, and I throw on a dance track and no one does anything, then that tells me... Play the slow shit. Play something, you know, that maybe has a little groove that people can still have a conversation or whatever. You have to play off the room. And I was like, it's different every time, but this is a 70s through early 80s party. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what it is. And she was just like, oh. And, like, walked away. So I actually low-key hate it when he gets out of, like... That is... Because you just have to deal with it. Because then I always end up dealing with it. Because if he's DJing, they're not going to bitch at him. I just, like, have... I don't think I've ever asked a DJ to play something. Because... The only times I have is when I've been with, like, wasted-ass friends that are insisting that I go ask. And then I walk up and I'm like, I'm a DJ and I know that we all hate this. But my drunk-ass friend wanted me to come up here. So I'm just looking like I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. It's just, like... (laughs) I mean, it's just, like, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. He's going to play, he's going to play, or she's going to play, she's going to play, but it's like, it just seems so annoying. It's yeah. like, you probably just already know what you're going to play. It's, it's yeah. going to be fun. Well, especially with vinyl, uh, we right. organize, you can't really request things. Right. Like, we have what we have that's right here, and it's like, can I throw something on a phone? Sure, but it's like, I, I'm not going to like get my phone out to placate. Right. whomever right. like I'm not doing that and it's like yeah, that's just not I spend like hours organizing the mm-hmm. order in which I want to play songs and in the order in which I think that the night may go so mm-hmm. like slower stuff at the beginning mid tempo and then really getting into the dancey shit for like the last set but you know sometimes it doesn't always play out like that so when he's DJing I'll go through again and be like am I sure I want to do this yeah. in this order and and so on and so forth makes sense yeah, people, people are jerks. Um, has music always been, I mean, it seems like you took to it like pretty naturally then, like DJing. Has it always been? Yeah, I've always had like a, an easy time with it. I grew up, um, I was in band in like fifth grade. I played the oboe. <laughs> I mostly played it because I'm kind of an asshole and they said it was the hardest one to play. And I was like, cool, I want to do that. This. Watch this, bitch. How, how'd you do? I was good. I mean, there were yeah. like, it was good enough for fifth grade (laughs) or whatever but I played it until like ninth grade and I was pretty decent um and then at ninth grade I was like man I don't want to be in the marching band like let me go (laughs) let me go be on the dance team instead because I was also like in cheerleading while also being in band so that I just abandoned band and I was in choir as well and just abandoned all that when I hit high school and Mm -hmm. focused on doing dance and so then I did dance um, and then through college, I got really into like performance art. Some of it was really weird. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I guess it's always been music's always been a thing. And then obviously started making beats and then started DJing. So yeah, I didn't know that you made beats. Um, they like I said, not always. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> never post cool. them anywhere. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, it's cool to try stuff. Yeah. Uh, my next music related thing is my co DJ is a drummer, so I think that. Maybe my next uh, yeah, thing I want. Nice endeavor. Cool. Um, yeah, I actually didn't. When you sent me your bio, you said that you do. Sorry for the noise. I'm readjusting on the couch, um, <laughs> in the stew, my uh, my living room. But um, 
you said that you were a performance artist, and I guess I didn't really realize. I, I knew that you were a visual artist as mm-hmm. well as a DJ, but... Uh, for, so performance art was, like... I went to college to be a painter, and then immediately, like, one year after doing it, I was like, man, fuck this. And I got <laughs> um, got into this performance art class with these two really amazing, like, old British dudes. Uh-huh. Their um, collective is called Industry of the Ordinary. Okay. And they were kind of, like, my mentors in terms of performance art, so I did a lot of, like... My first project was right around the time where I started wearing my hair natural, and Mm -hmm. this was wild because they told everybody, like, okay, next week in class, bring in multiples of one item, like bring 100 toothpicks or, you know, something like of that sort. So we all bring in some shit. I don't even remember what I brought. And these two professors just walked around and switched everyone's bag of shit. Uh And they were like, cool, you have to do a performance with whatever it is that is in this bag. Okay. I ended up with seven containers of Cool Whip. Oh, sure. Right. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Did you make a Cool Whip bikini? No. I Huge missed opportunity. Huge missed opportunity. I decided to get, like, really, because I had just gone natural at this point, and I was just thinking about, like, like just, like, the bigger picture of, how much is marketed to black women to straighten their hair and like how many products are marketed for black women to straighten their hair and like this overall pressure of like having straight hair or or manageable hair or Mm -hmm. good hair or whatever the fuck it is. So I put all seven containers of Cool Whip in my hair. Oh my God. Yeah. That is so much cool. It was a lot. My hair was fucked up for about a week and a half. Yeah, what did it do to your hair? So it just, like, I would put a bunch of it in, and I did it in a video. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, like, me in my bathroom, like, doing it. And I would just kind of, like, like I would put it in, and then it would need to dry before I put more in, so I blow-dried it. Holy shit. So it was, like, your crunchy curls. Oh, my God. But, but like, with Cool Whip. With Cool Whip. How did that smell? Did your hair smell like Cool Whip for a it long time? It just smelled like sugar. Yeah. I mean, Cool Whip is like straight It's sugar. just sugar. So then the, for like the next... And I had just <laughs> gone natural and I was like, ooh, look at my curls. They're so pretty. And then they were like not pretty for like a week <laughs> and a half. Amazing. And How did you do on the... Did, did you get a good grade? Yeah. The, so like... And I just did a lot of, um, I guess, endurance based work so I did another project that was inspired by um a choreographer that I really love Pina Bausch who passed away uh a while maybe like a while ago a few years ago um and she has this choreography where it's this man and he keeps dropping this woman on the floor like he's holding her like a dude that's carrying his bride Uh and he would drop her on the floor and she'd get back up and he would drop her on the floor again and they only did it like three times but that action to me at the time and also as somebody whose entire name is, is very ex-girlfriend, which <laughs> then came shortly after this, like, I just felt like looking at that, I was like, wow, this is really what it's like to be a woman. You're just constantly, like, getting dropped by men, mm-hmm. just getting disappointed, like, mm-hmm. over and over again. Like, and he'll pick you back up, but oop! Oops, yeah. So I had a friend of mine drop me on the floor until I literally, like, couldn't even get up mm-hmm. anymore. Wow. Um, and then I did another piece where I saved all the ashes from weed and cigarettes that I smoked. 
and mix them with cocoa butter and put them on all the spots on my body where black people get ashy. And I did that, like, you remember where that eyeball used to be on State Street downtown yeah. by DePaul? Like, right there. Right there. Because that little <laughs> space is, it's so weird, that it little is grassy weird. It's space. It's like a weird little It's like nook. corporate people walk by, but, like, it's also like homeless individuals walk by. People do drug deals right there. Right. It's just like it a... It's like a weird little nook of... A weird yeah. spot on State Street. Yeah. You know, like, what the fuck? So I, I did stuff like that, and then... You know, last year I did a lot with my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like blue braids, and then I did the black and white. And, like, yeah. So I think oh, a those lot. Are cool. Yeah. I think a lot about like looking really unconventional mm-hmm. as performance art. Like when I was wearing one white contact, I had a girl come up to me at a party, and she was like, "Can you see out of that eye?" And I was like, "Yo, that's super fucked up. If that's I couldn't so see, invasive. yeah, like if I couldn't see, what would you have said right. then? You know?" But I, I told <laughs> I her like, know. "No, this is a contact lens," and she was like, "Oh, because I, I wear glasses, so right. I think people just thought it was real, mm-hmm. or like thought I was like blind in I one can't eye." Or... Imagine asking somebody. If yeah, you I would never. Was blind, why would you ask? Right, I would never ask somebody that. That's really um, bizarre. That was weird, <laughs> but I think a lot about like fashion and like presenting yourself as performance art and mm-hmm. I also kind of think as my of my DJing as performance art because my I mean I am performing and like this is the kind of music that like I love right so like when my co-DJ is DJing my ass is on the dance floor like once my records are organized for my next set You're I'm like out there pumping up the yeah. the floor and stuff so I like to think of like all of that kind of stuff is very performative and also like even modeling I think is mm-hmm. oh, performative absolutely. Absolutely. and um so I guess that's where I and like I, I do want to get back into doing more of the avant-garde performance art that I was doing before yeah. um but I just haven't really been in that space mm-hmm. in a while and, and I you have to be you have to be in the right space to do that kind of thing yeah so I think we'll get back to it eventually I think we put so much pressure on ourselves um just like as artists or people who create um, to, like, always be making something that it's hard to remember that, like, like it's okay if you're not in that space right yeah, now. You exactly. You will get back to it. The thing about creativity, the beautiful thing about creativity is that it, it ebbs and flows. You right. know what I mean? You might be overcome with all this creative energy for, you know, days, weeks, months, whatever. And then there might just be, like, three months where you don't have shit. Yeah, and but you're like just that's sitting a, there. Like, yeah, but like, it's, it's hard not to get in your own head about that. But it's it's important to like respect that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and she said, like, you do so many things, and you manage to be good at all of them, and not, like, whatever. And yeah. I was like, well, I mean, I am DJing right now, and I'm barbering right now, but I'm not, I haven't made a hidden nude, and I don't know how fucking long. Oh, yeah. You know what do I mean? Do you want to talk about that project for a minute? Um, sure, yeah. So the Hidden Nudes project kind of spurred after I left my corporate job. Um, at You know I worked shortly as a right. cam girl. And right. so when I was camming, I was just taking, like, all these nudes yeah. for people just that were buying. Con- yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just, like, and the more that I, like, looked at the images, I, I was, like, I like these images. I feel like I should do something with them Mm -hmm. and so like going back to my painting roots and drawing roots my first thing to do was like draw them because I never took a figure drawing class because I took 
a lot of fashion illustration classes. And once you get the fashion figure down, if you take a, like my teacher told me, she was like, if you take a figure class, you're going to fuck up, you know, the two years of work you've put into getting these proportions down. And I was like, shit. So I just at first started drawing them Mm -hmm. to get like a better idea of like the not fashion elongated nine headed, as we call it, human body, like nine of your head. Um, whereas the typical human is seven heads. Oh. If that makes any um, Yeah. To I, me, no, but I believe yeah. you. Um, <laughs> and so I started drawing them. And then I was also going on a lot of, like, walks just around my neighborhood. And I'm really into textures, again, mm-hmm. from painting. And so I would, like, see a certain texture and, like, take a picture of it. So I had all these nudes. And then I had all these textures. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wait a minute. And then I thought about social media Uh and, like, how you can't put a nude on social media, even if it is artistic. Like, some artists that paint, like, photorealistic oil paintings get their work, like, reported. all the time, yeah. And I was like, I should... Which is crazy. That's fucking nuts. Right. Like, people are... Everybody looks in the mirror naked at some point, so I don't know why, like, seeing naked people is such a problem. But I, then I thought, like, oh, my God, how funny would it be for me to post these nudes on social media where they're obviously nudes, but not quite to where I'll get reported. Right. And so from there, I, they, my first ones were obviously just all me because that's, mm-hmm. that's all I had. And then I started asking for submissions, which was really cool. And it, I did, like, but then the problem with submissions, even when you put guidelines, mm-hmm people don't necessarily always follow them. Right. And, or, like, the lighting is bad, or, like, the pose m- may be yeah. a little off or something. And it's like, I try to find something to do with everything that someone sends me. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like, someone who took their pictures on a plain background and great lighting and did, like, a kind of interesting pose, obviously those are going to turn out better than right. someone that, you know, maybe took it in a mirror yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I would eventually like to get to start taking photos of people, mm-hmm. but I also think I like the submission yeah, it's, aspect. I think it's cool about... Which, thank you also for oh, yeah, I'm, submitting. I'm naked on there. Yeah. Um, I look amazing. I'm just kidding. I'm you not do. kidding, but I do. No. <laughs> you um, there, do. There's definitely an art to taking a good nude. There are rules. Right. <laughs> there's... The lighting has to be right. Self timers are important. Right. Knowing your yeah people poses angles poses angles all important. Um, I I'm well versed in taking good news. <laughs> but what was I gonna say? We're talking about nudes, hidden nudes. Oh, so your submission thing. I do this thing on Twitter every year where I say, send me your best looks that you did this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's and and probably you get a similar kind of not, I mean, not, it's not the same thing, but the same kind of feeling where I really like doing that because I really like to see people, how they feel their best. Mm-hmm. Like it's interesting to see like what people present as their best self. They're like, I feel good like this. This is how I feel good. And it's cool to see that. So I think like probably you're getting that too. It's, and it's much more vulnerable because they're naked. Right. Um, so and, like, I've had people ask me, like, does anyone else... I'm like, no one sees these images 
You're the only, and you're I'm the only one that sees them. Because you only tag people if they say they want to be tagged. If they give me permission, yeah. Like, I have a friend that is a school teacher, and she does not want to be tagged. Makes sense. So that makes 100% sense to me, and I'm not going to tag her. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's neat to see, like, people, you know, what they're, like, everybody has, even in nudes, you have the body part that you like to highlight. Right. And so you kind of notice that with people. Um, what they like to highlight about themselves or um, some people, you know, I've had some people contact me where they're like, I really want to submit, but I just feel like I'm very self-conscious. And I'm like, if you're self-conscious, then don't do it. Right. Because the image is not going to be as beautiful to you if you're self-conscious about the image that you sent me. Right. So when you're in a better space, send one. I'm here. Yeah, Yeah, I'm here. But, um, and then there's sometimes I feel like I end up sitting on, some nudes for a while just because I'll put them with some texture photos and it's just not quite right. Like I had somebody send me one recently and I've put it with several different textures that I was like, oh, this photo, this is going to be it, this one. And it wasn't really it. Right. So like sometimes you just have to kind of sit and wait and like working and being in school 70 hours a week and especially like right now when it gets dark at three o'clock mm-hmm. I don't get the opportunity to find as many textures as I would like right or, or to even have that time and space to, do to like be in photoshop lot, yeah. for however the hell long right. screwing with stuff like, right who knows um so on a completely absolutely unrelated note um <laughs> earlier you were like talking about you know being paranoid or whatever I have to ask you and I know you've got to have a good answer, is do you have a favorite conspiracy theory? Oh. I knew it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so me. I think my favorite one is that we faked the moon landing. Yeah, that is a good one. I, I'm actually not, like, very edgy. I, I, like, I know that it exists. Can you tell me? So we've apparently around the time, like... So many people had failed. Like, the Russians had, like, tried... Like, we had several... The Russians had tried, and, like, we had tried several times, like, getting these rockets into space. And there was a man on, like, that worked for NASA, one of the astronauts, that was vehemently, like, this is not going to fucking work. Right. And he kept saying this. Well, because it's crazy. It seems crazy. And he mysteriously died Uh in a test run of something like after he had put a lot of pressure on them saying this shit is not going to work so that sounds kind of funky Uh and then um like the year before we had like another failure and it's like you know science and engineering and stuff like you don't work out all those kinks in under a year of sending someone to the moon and then i guess at that time two or 2001 a space odyssey was also being filmed Mm -hmm. so they had like allegedly this big studio and then there's all these photos like the flag on the moon they say the flag wouldn't be able to be flapping in the wind Um, there's no fucking wind up there so that's true there's Um, like all this stuff around that i try not to think about space too much because i'm very very scared of it um i'm i know it sounds funny but when i when i think about um when i think about space sometimes i like will legitimately have a panic attack Space is um, fucked up. But it's really fucked up. It's, I'm not as scared of space as I am of the ocean. I was just about to say that. I am terrified of the ocean. There's some fucked up shit in the, the ocean. The ocean is so fucking scary. And ultimately, we have no idea how deep it is. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fucked... Like, you'll just... There's, like, rivers at the bottom of the ocean. I don't even want to know about yeah. that. That's none of my business. <laughs> I... <laughs> 
I like, um, you'll see like every like month or so on the internet, I'll be like, oh, um, scientists found this fucked up creature in the ocean. They have no idea what it is. It's like, oh my God. Like, what the fuck is going on down there? Right. Well, I just read something pretty wild about not the ocean, but just bodies of water in general that I guess all the fish in the Great Lakes are showing like levels of having like antidepressant medication and stuff like that because people there's so many you know individuals that are taking anti-anxiety or antidepressant medication and when you use the restroom right parts of like i have not heard this this seems crazy and so like these fish and like shrimp are like doing are like suicidal from be like all this stuff being in the water um like they're finding that shrimp are swimming towards light Really? Which makes them, I mean, you know, if you're swimming towards light and you're a fish, that's probably not the best right, idea. that's not where you belong. You don't belong up there. Wow, wow. The earth is so fucked up, ultimately, and everything is scary, yeah. I found. But really, mostly the ocean. I read this thing that was like, it's like a blue whale's, I'm so scared of whales. I went... They're smarter than us, they They're say. really smart, and they're huge. Um, I went to see my aunt in California when I was like, 15 or 16 and she took us on a boat and when we were on the boat like a pod of dolphins was like swimming next to us and I was like okay I'm freaking out everyone was like oh my god this is so magical and I was like I seriously want to die like I was so freaking freaked out um I don't like dolphins they're I think they're mean I've heard that they're not you know I yeah they're not great they scare me and so after like the dolphins like you know swam away we saw a blue whale mm-hmm. or some kind of whale and it like spouted it smelled so fucking bad it was like the worst thing i've ever seen it was like it was just like fishy whale backwash it was disgusting <laughs> i know i was like this is so gross and it was like oh uh, and i was like can you not smell that? and i'm freaking out because before we went on the trip, I like smoked a bunch of weed and watched all these videos of whales flipping boats over. Yeah, I was thinking like that would be my main concern. That's, it was like it was so fucking close to us. I was like, don't get its attention. What if it comes over here and flips our boat? I don't know how to swim. Right. In this kind of water, especially. Yeah, I wouldn't meet and yeah, I I'm at the time I didn't really have a super strong will to live. And I'm not a strong swimmer, so it just it's not a great combination. And drowning it doesn't seem like it oh seems like the worst like yeah. one of the worst ways it's like to die. Probably like probably my you know survival instinct would have kicked in, but who knows? I just don't want to be put in that situation. Right. Um so I was freaking out and I hope I never see a whale again in my life. <laughs> Other than like in well, I don't even like to see them in I like, don't captivity. Like, I don't like up. zoos. I don't like. Um, I watched. <laughs> I do. I do not like whales, but I watched fucking uh, that blackfish documentary. Blackfish, Same. And I was again super high, and I started crying, and I like at the beginning of it, and I cried through the whole thing, and I cried so hard that I threw up. It was really dramatic, but um, it, it happens. It was. It's. Fucked up. Yeah, it was sad. Like when they were talking about the one whale and how they took her baby away and how she like wouldn't eat and yeah, stuff. She, I was like, damn, why didn't you just give the baby back? Give just like leave them alone. Right. Like they are were just they, minding their fucking business. Are they horrifying? 
Should they not exist? Sure. But that doesn't <laughs> give us the right to put them in captivity. Yeah, it's so fucked up. I don't know if you... I hate zoos, but um, I used to nanny. So sometimes you have to take, take kids to the zoo. zoo. Yeah. So I took this kid to the zoo, this gluten-free baby that I was watching, and we got to the zoo, and she, like, loved it, and it was, like, she's having the best time, and I saw this, like, ocelot. That's what it, that's a cat, right? That's yeah. what they're called. Yeah, it was, like, pacing in a circle, just in a circle. First of all, and you can see the grass is worn down, and, and everyone's, It just like, does this looking. all the time. And then we, we left that way, like, two hours later, and he was still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, this is so fucking sad. This is so fucked up. Right. He, that's not normal. And Lincoln Park Zoo... I mean, have you been there? I have not. Don't go. Yeah. Because I, I just, I don't go to. Yeah, you, yeah. why would you go to the zoo? Yeah. Um, but, like, Lincoln Park Zoo was built in, like, fucking, like, 1920 or some shit when we super did not respect animals or right. understand that they needed. I guess when I've seen photos of it, like, on people's Instagrams and stuff, all of the areas look very all of the small. are very small because it is. It's a very old zoo. Um Damn. That just, like, it's just not big enough. It's fucked up. Zoos are fucked up. Yeah, that shit is. Why do we, why do we still have those? I don't I understand like, why it's necessary for people to see I guess with, these. like, you know, pandas and shit, it's good to have zoos to, like, make more pandas so we can eventually return pandas to where they belong. But I feel like that's more of a conservation type thing. Yeah, there's no fucking reason to have zoos. If you want to go to a farm right. and a petting zoo, that's one thing. Farm animals, totally different thing. They are mostly doing what they like naturally do, I guess. Yeah. Grazing. Grazing. Chilling. Chilling out. <laughs> Eating hay. All things farm animals love to do. I assume. Never asked them, but they seem fine. They seem, you know, um, like they're having I love time. goats. Goats are like one of my favorite animals. Um, I like, I'm down with like a goat at a petting zoo, but. I'm actually like low-key terrified of horses. Horses are so scary. I just like, but it's fucked up because I like elephants. I lo- elephants are like my favorite animal. And I was just talking to my friend the other day about how like if I ever saw an elephant in real life, like not at a zoo, if I ever got, I would, I think I would cry. And then I started crying thinking about it. Yeah. Elephants are so, I've only ever seen one like, ew, oh my God. The only, I rode an elephant when I was like really young and uh-huh. like a circ like the Barnum and Bailey circus, oh, like yeah. way back in the day. And I remember thinking I was like so cool. It's and really I remember young. like being like, wow, this amazing <laughs> animal. Like, yeah. And being so like infatuated with this animal. And then like now as I think when I turned like 13, I realized, damn, that was actually mad fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, and ever since circuses are crazy. Are circuses, even circuses, no, they got rid of them. Good, because I think Barnum and Bailey went out of business. Good years ago, I circuses think circuses should not be a thing. I think the all. trapeze shit is dope, but we have Cirque du Soleil for that. Yeah, that's so what that's like, for. Right. Like, leave animals alone. Yeah, let these animals live their lives and mind their business. Right, but elephants are so they're so smart and they're so like you just look at them and you just. I feel like if I looked Have an elephant in the, the eyes, I would feel so Netflix? peaceful. No. Do it. I'm going... It's yeah. not... Okay. It's not sad. It's, it's like... Not fucked there's up. like... It's just so cool. Like, they they talk about like, okay, the these elephants in the herd remember that this area had water 
before. Mm-hmm. So they're taking the, the babies mm-hmm. over here to get this water. And then, you know, if there wasn't water there, they're like, okay, they remember. Because mm-hmm. they remember they're everything. really smart. I feel like you, if I feel like, I feel like if I looked an elephant in the eye, I would just lose my mind. I feel like they're so smart and they just seem like they really would just be like, hey. Just, hey, man. Yeah. I, I saw this thing on, on Twitter or something that was like talking about how elephants like think humans are cute and I got really excited about it and I was like, how would you even know that? Yeah, like what did you do? Read the elephant's mind? Did but it like tell you? They but they seem, can paint. They there can was that paint. one elephant that was oh, painting. Oh yeah, or the elephant, have you seen the elephants that are like swaying and dancing to like this girl playing the violin? Mm-hmm. I love that video, it's really cute. Yeah, elephants are fucking cute as hell. Right. So if I love elephants, why am I so terrified of horses? Because horses are so scary. They are. And I think, okay, so I grew up kind of all over the place, but we spent most of our time like out where my mom is from. Mm-hmm. After she and my after she like retired from the military, we moved out back from where her family is from. And I had a friend in high school whose mom's boyfriend had a farm and he had those big ass horses they're the belgian ones or whatever the big as hell ones are uh-huh. and i remember he's like oh do you guys want to go into the stable and i was kind of like i was a little curious i'd, I'd never really been around horses like yeah. that so i was like sure so we go in the stable and the first horse is like right there and he's like oh this is the baby and i was like that uh-uh. that gigantic fucking thing is the baby are you kidding and then like some other horse got spooked yeah. And freaked out when yeah. I was in there. And I think that was what just, Mm-mm. nah, no. I went on, I've been on a horse one time in my life. I was very scared and uncomfortable the whole time. I had never spent any time around horses before this. And I was in like sixth grade. And everyone was like, get on this horse. I was like, I'm actually good on that. Right. And they are like, get on the horse. I was like, I don't want, want to get to on do the that. horse. <laughs> so I eventually got on the horse and I was just so scared the whole time. Um... They just fucking freak me out. I don't know. I don't trust them. And it's like, why are you a mammal? And I know that elephants have this too, but for horses it just seems so much weirder. Why are you a mammal, but you have eyes on the sides of your head like a fish? Yeah. I And I don't like... they. Their eyes, they seem like they just know too much. Yeah. I don't trust them. Like they I don't trust horses. And I also don't trust any animals that have thumbs. I don't trust raccoons. Mm. I don't trust monkeys. Okay. If it has thumbs, I, don't I can't. Either. I don't trust people who own monkeys as pets. No, For example, neither. French Montana. He has a monkey named Julius Caesar that has its own chain. And he also has an oil painting of Julius Caesar. But it's like, why? That monkey could rip your face off. That's There's why. so many fucking stories in the news about monkeys ripping people's faces off. It's like, just leave the monkeys alone. Just comes down to it. Leave the monkeys alone. Raccoons... Scare the hell out of me. And I do have this really, really irrational fear that I've had essentially my entire life that is, like, the reason I don't take out the garbage. The other reason is that I'm lazy and I take out the garbage sucks. But I get really scared that I'm going to open a garbage can and a raccoon will got stuck there all night. So he's going to be super pissed that he's stuck in there. And then I open it. And then, what, he scratches my face all up? Right. No, thank you. Yeah, I've been chased by a raccoon. <gasps> Not fun. <laughs> Tell me about this. So, like, my mom's family, they're from, like, a more rural area out by, like, Starved Rock State Park. Yeah. And we lived in this house when I was a kid that had, like, a, a 
not like a forest, but like a little woods or whatever behind it. And so there were always raccoons around and possums. And, and there, I saw wild turkeys in there once. It was deer, yeah. like everything. Um, so there would always be these raccoons around and they'd always come up on our back porch like at night. Like you would hear them and they were big as fuck. Like they were huge. Why were they so big? Because they would just get into people's trash and it's like a small town. So they just kind of like... Yeah, they were just running really shit had the- <laughs> they were running shit and I was like raking leaves in the backyard I think I was like 11 and I was like raking leaves in the backyard and I saw this raccoon and I was like oh you know like I was used to it I was like man fuck that raccoon so I like kept doing what I was supposed right. to do and then the raccoon like made a noise and oh, I was no. like uh, and then I like looked a little bit more closely because it was under we had like a raised porch yeah it was under the porch, and I was like, why did it make a noise at me? And then uh-uh. I looked, and I saw some other sets of eyes, uh-uh. and I realized it had babies. Uh-uh. And it thought I was trying to fuck with the babies. So then oh, no. I like was like, you know what? I'm not even that close to it. It's going to be fine. Nope, that thing fucking <gasps> tore after me. I ran from the back of the house around to oh, the front of the house. Like, nope. And then from then on, I was like, man, fuck them old things. I'm yeah. Trust them. Yeah, no, fuck. Fuck raccoons. No. They, and people be like, oh my god, they're so cute. No, they are not. They I, are not cute. Yeah, we knew a lady that had a pet raccoon. And it was like, why do you, why are you doing this? Yeah. I also don't trust squirrels. I'm they're just too comfortable either. They're with too, people. They are. They are. And I don't, a lot, most animals that I don't like or trust, it comes down to their beady little freaking eyes. It's so funny because I actually just um, guested on a podcast yesterday and I talked about being so scared of birds for like so long. Uh, I guess this is just... I guess I'm just ultimately never going outside again. <laughs> uh, fuck nature. Uh, if God wanted us to be in nature, he wouldn't have invented air conditioning. Whereas I, like, just spent my entire weekend looking at houses in Montana so Yeah, you're, like, much. ready to go off the grid. Yeah. Just... I get... This is where I say, like, I have my love-hate social media relationship. The, so this is really weird. But the whole reason I am infatuated with Montana... Um, is because in like 2013, I was in my house, high as fuck. I lived in a garden apartment, so it would be like dark in there all day if I wanted it to be. Uh-huh. I was in there, high as fuck, watching conspiracy documentaries right, and right. crime documentaries and all this yeah, shit. And one of my homies texted me as I'm in the middle of watching this Unabomber documentary. And when I watched this documentary, I learned that when he was not findable, like, totally no one knew where he was for 20 years. Guess where the fuck he was? Montana. Montana. God damn. I'm like, cool, sick. If I ever wanted to go somewhere and have any everyone leave me the hell alone for the rest of my life... Do it in Montana. 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 Is the place to go. So then I just looked up, like, all this information about it. I looked at so many houses in Montana mm-hmm. that a realtor from the website I was looking at houses on texted me last night, oh like... Hey, how's your house hunt going? And I was oh like, God. bro, this is like, I don't have 250k. Right. I'm just, I'm just, I'm um, just wishful thinking. A, it's like when I go to Target <coughs> and imagine a better life for myself, where yeah. I would have like all these towels, right? All the fluffy ones, <laughs> yeah. and all their candles. I love going. I love going and smelling candles. It's so relaxing. Um, I usually I had therapy yesterday, and I like to unwind. There's a Marshalls like a block away so nice. I go to Marshall's 
It's like if I had a really good therapy session, it's like you deserve to spend $90 at Marshall's. And then it's like if you had a really bad therapy session, it's like... You deserve to spend $90 Cheer yourself up by spending $90 at Marshall's. You cannot lose. Right. Uh, and I love just smelling the candles until I get, like, physically ill. Yeah. I wish they had, like, the coffee beans. I used to work in, like, a bougie body and like whatever shop mm-hmm. and when we would have people smell things we would have like coffee beans so you could like cleanse your nose so you could oh, smell the next smell i didn't know that that was that makes more sense because it's like pretty soon you have no idea what you're which smelling, one even smells like or like where you are or like what's going on or like what time it is you know like i've been in here for two hours like how yeah and then you're like i have six betsy johnson purses in my bag and they're all hideously ugly <laughs> and i'm gonna buy them all of them I love... I have just bad taste, I think, in general. No, I love Betsy Johnson. Me too. She used to follow me on Twitter. Well, whoever ran her account. I don't know who ran it. She's a queen. She still does cartwheels and splits, and she's out here. She's just out here being crazier than hell and doing the thing. She's like 70-something. Have you ever seen pictures of her uh, house? No. Her houses? Yeah, they're insane. You you should should look them up because they're beautiful. Mm. All right. Can you, is there anything you want to plug? Can you tell us where to find you? Um, you can follow, find me literally anywhere on the internet. Anywhere. V-E-X-G-F, Very Ex-Girlfriend. Um, I have my website. We're at, we actually have a get down um, January 11th, so this Thursday. Oh, yeah, that's um, super soon. We start at 9.30, and we go till 2, and then we also, the Whistler was... So kind is to give very ex-girlfriend their Valentine's Day party. So um, we're I'm working with my uh, my co DJ and also like this bartender that I love at the Whistler named Julieta and Billy that books me at the Whistler to figure out kind of how we want to do we want it to be like an anti Valentine's Day thing? Uh-huh. I kind of want to go for an I love me vibe. I love that. Yeah, I because love that. you know personally. I love myself, Me and too. I feel like, you know, everyone loves their self, so if you love Not yourself... Not everybody, but they should. Yeah. So if you love yourself, come to the get down. Hell and yeah. get the fuck down. Hell yeah. I will see you there. And I'll see you guys there, or suffer the consequences of FOMO. hurting our feelings. My feelings. And also having FOMO. Yeah, especially that. All right. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>